Welcome back to another episode of the nerdiest podcast in the Midwest, an episode where we're going to be talking about a lot of special things on the Midwestern Nerds podcast. I'm your host this week, Brian Stoffel. We are the Midwestern Nerds. That's M-I-D-W-E-S-T-E-R-N-E-R-D-S. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Midwestern Nerds. We are the Midwestern Nerds podcast on Facebook. If you'd like to send us an email, you can send that to midwesternerds at gmail.com. You can find and stream and listen to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. This week, we have a very special episode for you all. As you noticed in the intro, Kyle is not joining us this week, but we have a very special guest returning to the podcast, one of the founding members of the midwestern nerds he's back with us for one week chad chadillac hoffman chad welcome back brother it has been a long time coming uh we miss you on this podcast what have you been up to oh brian thanks for having me back on again it's uh man it's uh, just just sitting down and get the zoom meeting ready and getting my microphone you know dusting that off it's you know bringing the bringing the feels back i'm excited to be on i i, I stepped away from the show it um unfortunately i was not able to keep uh, keep the pace that brian and kyle were able to keep the the pace with the show I, i'm thinking after this especially maybe i'll worm my way back in a little more often but uh <laughs> yeah no you know making the the uh transition from you know, that corporate retail, we'll say life into now uh, running the kitchen for one of the the higher end and busier uh, supper clubs in the state has definitely changed what my time frame looks like. It changes what my schedule looks like. It's been better for me and the family, but maybe some of my um, solo exploits or rather, you know, my, my stuff on the side, whether it was Midwesterners or otherwise, uh, kind of got shelved, but it's been, it's been good. Uh, it's been a, so a lot of personal growth. It's been a lot of uh, extra time for the family, which has been great. Um, I mean, gosh, I mean, we would, it's not even that long ago that I stepped away from the show, but we talked about this show when you were, you were buying a house and then, um, my wife was pregnant and we just this last Saturday, that baby turned two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it's 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 crazy to think like how far the show has come and how long it's been around already it's and it seems just like a flash but nonetheless i mean i i am excited to sit down today we we being me am very glad and gracious for your time here today we don't do it anymore but the chatelac checkdown used to be one of our favorite uh, segments here on the show give us a quick chatelac checkdown how are you feeling about your seahawks this year and how are you feeling about the uh the beloved and uh, now Bronco Russ and how he's doing. 
Seattle is, I think they need to commit to rebuilding. Unfortunately, Pete Carroll has made it voice strongly that he will not be part of a rebuild. Um, I think Schneider needs to decide that it's time to cut ties there and just uh, start anew. You've got a talented wide receiver in DK Metcalf. You got some other young guys, but a lot of, you know, losing Bobby Wagner, <clears throat> Chris Carson retiring, Russell Wilson leaving kind of in a trade that was initiated by him kind of set the team way back week one wasn't bad but this uh, game that they just had week two was I mean horrendous I mean 27 to 7 to a division rival as far as Russ in Denver I don't think he left on the best terms uh, as far as fans are concerned he always said Seattle's my home he even made a point to say it after he moved to Denver Seattle will always be my home it's like you asked to leave and now you left and that's why you got the shit boot out of you when you came to Seattle to play on Monday night I don't wish any ill will on the guy, but I, I obviously, as now he's a quarterback of another team, I have no interest in him succeeding. You know, that's kind of what it comes down to. He's a good guy. I mean, he does good things, but when it comes down to football, football is football, you know. Outside of that, checking around the league, the, the Bengals do not look like the, the Super Bowl contenders that they were last year. The Bills are coming off strong. Tom Brady, uh, his wife and him are separated at this point, living in different places. So we'll see what the goat looks like. Um, Aaron Rodgers has nobody around him, but he still made the Bears look like his bitch last uh, yesterday. I mean, there's, there's the the league right now is is wild, especially when it comes to scoring. Man, they've been such low scoring games. Offenses are not producing, um, but I am excited to see it. Maybe everybody's knocking the rust off, you know, getting ready for this this season with one extra game. Uh, but I can tell you, I'm excited. It's uh, the first year that my oldest is playing playing football himself, and he started playing fantasy football uh, this year with me. So that, that's exciting stuff when it comes to football season. But that is your channel I checked down. Excellent, excellent. I'm so glad that we could that we could do that because it's it's been a hot minute, and me mostly running the hosting duties on this show now. I know little to nothing about a lot of the football stuff I'm, I'm the casual Packer fan and last week was was a little difficult but last night uh was a lot of fun to watch a struggling Packers team yet but still give it to the Bears so let's jump into some special stuff uh I had some special things going on this past weekend that I just kind of wanted to talk with Chad about before we get into the main reason why he's joining us on this episode I was in Chicago over the weekend on a mini vacation which is why we're able to record this episode pretty early in the week I went to Riot Fest not something that I have ever done before, but there was a particular reason why I went, the main reason why I went, which ended up being not just the highlight of the weekend, but one of the highlights of my year. Uh, one of my all-time favorite bands, Yellow Card, announced back in 2016 on my birthday that they were going to do one more album one more world tour and call it quits and end things. And this past Saturday night, they came back together for the first time in six years and did a show at Riot Fest playing through all of Ocean Avenue, that record, their record that not only put them on the map, but one of their best records that they have. They played through that entire album. And then they also played a few of the other big hits after that but I went with my girlfriend we were lucky enough to get pretty close to the stage and it was a wild and spectacular night it was something that 
I never thought that would ever happen again uh, when they announced that they were done. And even up until that point where it got to like their last show of that tour, it definitely felt like it was a conclusion. Like it was, it was a new chapter for all their lives and that yellow card was going to be something of the past. And to see all of the people there, there was probably, I kid you not, there was probably like thousands of people there just to see yellow card and misfits was playing at like the main stage and they had a huge crowd, but yellow card had an awesome, huge wild crowd. It was surreal. It was surreal. I definitely had the goosebumps. I was, I was in denial for like a big chunk of it. I I even got a little teary eyed parts of that. I, I, I wanted to talk about it here on the show with Chad. Cause he know he knows my passion with yellow card. We were living together when they announced that they were done. Yellow card had a big song in your life too, uh, awakening, which they ended up playing uh, as one of their, their bigger singles outside of the ocean Avenue album. I ended up sending that to you. Yeah. Any, any thoughts that you have Chad about just yellow card coming back or, um awakening and what that song means to you or anything anything that you want to add to this conversation about yellow card and and coming back yeah well i mean first and foremost even just for in the way for you when you told me that you were going on to riot fest and that yellow, i had never heard of riot fest or the fact that yellow card was making like a comeback or even even one night like comeback so to hear that and like could tell like this is not a suspense but just the absolute excitement like from you was palpable like that you were like oh my god like the fact that i hadn't even heard about it sooner lends itself to a little bit of the the you wanted to tell me in person you're like man i got i gotta tell him um so i was so excited for you uh for that uh, case too and then the fact that my chemical was there too is is pretty sweet and I, I know your girl is a big fan of my chemical and not that you are not i know i know we both are um which is a, a little prelude to to what we're going to talk about uh, later today too um but no it's uh yellow card is a band that i don't think i appreciated enough when i was younger i think their hits were always good i always loved them and then the more and more that when we had moved in together that you had listened to them and i heard more of them and that's i think when i came across the song awakening the song came in like right when I needed it to like, right. Whether it was released then or whether I had just heard it then, but like, man, I had just gone through like a wicked breakup and I was, man, I was like, Oh man, this isn't it. But besides a uh, um, drunk on a plane, which was a short lived anthem for my time being single awakening was really good for me. It was very good for me to just take stock in my life and, and take, take the time to reevaluate what I want to do and where I want to go with things, whether personally, professionally, love life or things like that. So having a song to, to backtrack your life, it, is, it never hurts, you know. And My Chem, like you said, My Chemical Romance, they played on Friday. That was another wild show, but not in the ways that it should have been wild. The Riot Fest grounds we heard over the weekend that they can hold up to 40,000 people at this event. Uh, I'm pretty sure Friday was sold out and the majority of that 40,000 people crowd was there for my chemical romance. We were towards the very back to the point where my chemical romance looked like ants on the stage. And we were mostly watching on the giant screen that they had on the side of the stage. So it was 
it was more like listening to My Chemical Romance live while watching the video on a phone. Like that's how far away we were from the screen. The grounds open at 11 a.m. My Chemical Romance played at 8.30. There were people in that crowd that went right at 11 a.m. to that stage and stood there all day. Friday, it was sunny and 90 degrees. And Riot Fest grounds had very little shade. It was something that uh, my girlfriend and I also struggled with that day was just bearing with the heat and trying to stay safe. And that crowd got wild in ways that it shouldn't have there was a guy that broke his leg that they that was later revealed um lots of people passing out um security was having a hard time controlling like the crowd and making sure that everybody was safe my chemical romance after every song stopped and asked the crowd to like back up because the people in the front were being crushed uh, they stopped the show a few times, too, just to try to get the crowd to calm down and settle down. The music was great. They put on a great show, but it was it was a hot mess of a performance, to say the least. Uh, we stayed for the big songs, which they ended up playing somewhat early in the set. And I think that was mostly just to try to get the crowd to, like, settle down and get those people that are there for the hits to see them and then leave and maybe thin out the crowd a little bit. But overall it was, it was one of those things where it was like, it's cool that these guys were here, but maybe it's not a good idea to have that big of a band for that kind of a festival there. But yeah, yellow card was, was great, which is the main reason why we're talking about it. Um, They didn't fully say that they were, that this was an, an official comeback but uh the lead singer ryan key ended the show by saying i can't say what the future has in store for us but i can say to keep an eye out um and the vibe that the band was giving was definitely of of like a resurgence there was a lot of hope and inspiration on that stage and it definitely felt like comeback like a, a comeback for good not just like a one and done comeback which was the main reason why I went. Because I was like, if I get one more chance to see one of my all-time favorite bands, I got to jump on it. And so if you don't know who Yellow Card is, if you've only heard Ocean Avenue, uh, this is kind of going to be like a big best off uh, episode as far as like things that Chad and I are really passionate about. I would su- highly suggest going out and checking out this band. If you're into punk rock, if you're into punk pop music, if you like strings... They have a violinist, so it's like a punk rock band with a violinist. They're absolutely phenomenal. Check out their music. Definitely check out the Ocean Avenue album itself. And if you love that, check out their other work. Now, for the main horse of this episode, there's a special movie that came out last week in theaters. Um, It was only playing for one week in the theaters, but you can still check it out on the Convenience Tour Roadshow. It's going to be in Milwaukee in November. So if you are a big Kevin Smith fan or if you're a big Clerks fan, Chad and I can both definitely recommend you guys going out to check out the new movie Clerks 3. We've talked about Kevin Smith. We talked about Clerks. We talked about the Askewniverse um, a few times on this podcast. But remind us, Chad, our listeners, your love and affection with Kevin Smith, with the Clerks movies, where it started, just kind of what those movies mean to you. Let's just start the conversation off there. 
So I remember back to in the first time I saw Clerks, I had actually, I actually seen another Kevin Smith movie prior to that without knowing, but I saw Zach and Mary make a porno when I was like 14, which was fine, but you don't know in watching that movie until you're into the whole shtick that like Jay Muse is in there and Jeff Anderson's in there, you know, the, there's guys in that movie that are, and even Scott Mosher makes an appearance. So it's like, well, in the moment you're like, well, I don't know who those guys are. So remember I was like 15 or 16. I was like a sophomore in high school when I first saw the, the black and white cult classic, the flick Kev calls it um, clerks on comedy central. So I remember watching it. I'm just like, there was something about it that was like better. Like there was something about it that was really good. I actually was able to rent the unrated version from the library when I was 16 because I couldn't track it down anywhere else I knew I couldn't like buy it and my parents be like oh my god like whatever so I watched it and again like fell in love with it time and time again and then of course I started diving into everything else because by the time geez when I was 15 16 this would have put us at 2008 so like at that point clerks chasing Amy clerks to Jay and Silent Bob Jersey Girl like there's a ton of of Smith content out there already. So I really just started to dive head first into it, not only in love with the movies, and then I started listening to Smodcast, and then Smodcast led me to listen to my now and all-time favorite podcast, besides the Midwesterners, Tell Them Steve Dave, with Bry Johnson, uh, Brian Quinn from Practical Jokers, and then uh, Walt Flanagan. So two of the comic book men, which shoot in uh, Jalen Silent Bob's Secret Stash. So again, another Kevin Pohl, getting in the comic book man and the and the podcast and the tv shows and then reading everything i can of kevin's comics whether it's the uh the batman hopefully eventually trilogy that he did and daredevil and clerks and jay and silent bob's ex extremely groovy cartoon movie like everything that i could possibly put into my body any media that i could consume from kevin smith um, I've always been in love with even the oddball stuff. I don't think I've ever had a bad experience with anything that Kevin's put out. Even if it's not my favorite thing in the world, nothing has ever been bad. What is it about Kevin Smith's projects that stands out to you that makes you so passionate about all those things? Like what's like the main thing that gets you to really fall in love with that content? I think, I think there's two parts to it. I think one and I know it's probably a cliche because everybody says, oh, I did it on my own and pulled myself in my boots, bootstraps. But just like Kevin, just being a guy, like he was just a guy who then later fell in love with comic books and then wanted to make a movie and like just was kind of one of us, a, a creative type who didn't really know his outlet, who wasn't necessarily the most popular person on the planet, you know, but wanted to find a way, an outlet to make something that he loved. And then, of course, his first movie he goes on to make is about clerks in a retail setting, which I've been doing since I was 16. Like, we're talking 10, 12, 13, 14 years at this point. And it just speaks volumes where it's like, this is exactly how it is. So there's a guy who lived it who's telling that story, not somebody who's creating um, a storyline or creating, you know, the tale that he's going to weave based off of no inner knowledge, maybe some research or what he's seen other places. Like this is real stuff with one of his best friends that actually happened. 
And we'll talk more about that when we get into the movie itself. But I think that it comes from a place that I can relate to and it's content that I can relate to and enjoy, whether it's the, the heartfelt stuff or whether it's the really comedic at times cheesy stuff. I don't think there's ever been like a nerve that Kev hasn't been able to hit for me as a fan personally. I think that's the big thing that gets me too. that really got me into not just his movies, but Kevin Smith um, himself, kind of like you said, he's, he's like one of us. Like I, I was a Kevin Smith fan before I even watched any of his movies. He was the director that was into all the comic book stuff. And that was just himself. I mean, he, to this day, he still walks around wearing jorts. Like he doesn't care what like what people think of his appearance he doesn't care what people think about what he has to say like he's just gonna go out there he's gonna be himself he's gonna say what he wants to say and like i found that very inspiring back in like my early college days like late high school uh, days when i first started to learn who kevin smith was i had a friend in high school that recommended clerks to me and back in high school like that that movie didn't really click with me. I don't think I was just, just mature enough. I was like, oh, this is a boring black and white movie where people are talking all the time. It wasn't until it wasn't until I moved in with you and then we sat down one night and we watched Clerks that I was like, oh, like this is a really good movie where where people are are talking about like actual things. Like it's it feels like real life. Like we're there's just a camera set on these two characters that are dealing with having to be working retail in a place they don't want to work in but also like they're going through real problems like relatable problems and it wasn't until like living with you when i started to really get into kevin smith and his movies and stuff comic book men was another big one where it was like oh this is like pawn stars but like all comic book stuff like it's it's a lot of fun and really cool so kevin smith the clerks movies all that stuff this is all leading towards this this culmination of this last movie, the, this Clerks 3. Tell me how you felt when you first heard about this movie, the trailer coming out, and then just the anticipation of this coming out until you finally saw it for, for you being such a big fan of all this. So there was a couple, there was a couple different ways that I saw it. So when I think Clerks 3 has always been on the slate like I think in my mind it's always been a movie that he was going to come back to especially after seeing um Jay and Silent Bob get a second movie so the the thought that I would get to see like characters that I had grown up with essentially you know especially learning of them in those teenage years where I was a clerk and then seeing them again when I was a little bit older you know and, and growing with these characters of Dante and, and Randall you know we learn more along the way about who they are as individuals. And the, the first one, maybe you don't know a lot about who they are, but you learn their story. And then in Clerks 2, you learn more about them and you get a deeper connection to them. And yes, while they're funny, there's a lot of heart to these movies. And that's what I was always hoping that Clerks 3 would, would do for us is give us a really good definitive story that tells you, hey, this is what's happened to these characters. This is where we've gone. And here's how, here's how we're going to kind of ride off into the sunset. But I was a little nervous. I told myself not to worry so much, but I was a little nervous after seeing Jane Silent Bob reboot. And the only reason being is because it really strongly followed the same tone that the original uh, Strike Back. 
followed where it was very kitschy it was very cheesy it was very funny and it's a fun movie to watch it's it's excellent all the cameos all the you know everything that goes into it as was reboot so if you're a fan of kevin smith as a whole and the whole view of universe that movie does everything for you but my fear was that they were going to try to do a lot of that in clerks three and that's never been what clerks was about Clerks was never Jay and Silent Bob. Clerks was never even Dogma. Clerks was never Smodcast. Clerks has always been its own thing that that maybe has been influenced at times from other things, but it's always been its own story. It's always been its own narrative being told through these two individuals, Dante and Randall, who subsequently are actually depictions of Kevin Smith himself and his friend Brian Johnson, who worked at the Quick Stop uh, together in, in their 20s. And they've done a really good job of telling that story, which in turn was leading me again, apprehension, nervousness, excitement. Like I had such high hopes for this movie, but at the same time, I was trying to manage my expectations because if I did go in and expect this masterpiece and then get, you know, a kind of a more Jay and Bob movie, I didn't want to crush, you know, crush my soul over it. So yeah, I know that's a kind of a long-winded response, but there was a lot of emotions going into this last, this, this movie into Clerks 3 when we finally got together and had seen it. And not, not for Jesus. I mean, if we wouldn't have actually put a hundred percent effort in, we would have never even seen it either because it was only showing two times or three times total in the state, two times this last week, and then one down in Milwaukee. So you know, you really got to be dedicated if you're going to be a Smith fan and see him in theaters. I had a little bit of apprehension going into this movie, too, for along some of the same reasons that you did. I loved Jay and Silent Bob reboot. There were some things that I felt were a little too cheesy about that movie, though, and just kind of went a little too far, a little too like like jokey, jokey, like nudge, nudge, where majority of that movie it worked but there were times where it really stood out where it didn't and i was kind of worried that that same thing was going to happen here but then that first trailer came out and i was was going a little bit easier about how i was feeling about it that the trailer really worked for me i feel like it really set the tone that yeah we're gonna have fun in this movie but it's also gonna we're gonna hit some serious stuff too and we're gonna we're gonna take it seriously as far as like the clerks movies go like like there is definitely some serious undertones to those movies and going into this i was like oh good we've hit the tone right like at least that's how it felt to me i didn't think that we were gonna hit the big things that we were gonna hit and that some of the emotions that were gonna happen in this movie i mean kevin smith warned the crowd but kevin smith cries about like 95 percent of the stuff so it's like Sometimes you don't know if you can take them seriously or not. And this was definitely a time where where we definitely could take it seriously. So all that said, we have seen the movie. Like you, like Chad mentioned last week, we did see Clerks 3. We're going to talk minor spoilers. We're not going to really get into too much of like the, the big reveals, uh, the big plot points. Um, we're just going to mostly talk about, you know, our, our thoughts and feelings on the movie we might talk about some things that we really enjoyed and really liked but we're gonna keep it kind of vague for those of you who haven't seen the movie yet i know midwesterners fashion lately has kind of been spoiler talks all the time but since this movie has such a short window for theaters unless you do the convenience tour uh, where you can see kevin smith do a live q a afterwards and even do meet and greet with him if you want but 
since it's kind of limited right now until it gets that that streaming release or home video release we're gonna keep we're gonna keep it kind of spoiler light some things might sneak in but spoiler light so that being said you were a little apprehensive going into the movie how'd you feel coming out without even having to give any details away i mean i felt absolutely satisfied with the culmination of these characters um i don't think it's that much to say that this is a trilogy and this is where it ends i mean i really really hope that this is where they where they you know ride off into the sunset the door is cracked a little bit but i think kev is better than that than to circle back to these characters again um a fourth time they tied up a lot of loose ends and, and not only in the, the fun clerks fashion, but also very, very emotionally um, more than once throughout the movie. Like I, I laughed, I cried. I mean, it was, it was an emotional roller coaster. this movie, especially after being invested for so long, but I absolutely was, I, I loved it. I loved it. Start to finish. I had really no complaints. I mean, they're not even like, the the plot hole uh poker in me we couldn't even find anything to to fault in this movie i think they did all the characters right and i think they did this movie the right way the way that i had hoped that they would and i think they did that wholeheartedly i think you summed it up real well by saying that it was it was satisfying it was surprising in quite a few places certain character journeys and arcs were not what i expected going into the movie and kind of the reveal of those things floored me i was like wow we're we're going here with some of these characters and and some of these things are are happening that i didn't expect to happen some things happened to some characters that i didn't want to happen but they happened and just seeing how the cast and not just like your main characters but even like some of the smaller side characters even some of like the background actors that kevin likes to use in all of his movies and his friends and seeing how how they kind of acted in the background all these things too yeah no big complaints for me at all there every movie has it so some like little nitpicky things the the one main one that i can think of is after like the opening credits when that ends and it's got like the written and directed by kevin smith we get like a drone shot of the of the store and where they're playing hockey up on top of the store kind of like from the first one i liked that but those nets were like two feet apart i was like come on you have a whole roof and it it just it didn't look like they were playing hockey from that point on because it was like i can take one step and i'm in the other goal right i mean like i get it it's a roof but like you could have shot it like you shot the first one and yes. no one would have ever known the difference so so that was like the the main nitpicky thing that I had. Otherwise, like I I really enjoyed this movie. Silent Bob talked more than I expected, but his dialogue, like always, kind of fit. Like it, it was like, all right, this seems appropriate to the character. I don't know what it is. It I think it's like people that get veneers. Like Jason Mewes looked. It was different. weird. It was, it was, it was weird. Like good, good for you. If you're feeling good about it, you can tell like you, yeah. every, everybody can tell like it was odd. Like, yeah, your teeth look really nice and white, but it looks like you're like 
like trying to bite the end of a carrot the whole movie <laughs> definitely took me out like the first few times that i that it took a while to get used to mm-hmm. but a big part of this movie is they're making clerks in this movie like the characters are taking their experiences and their lives to make a movie which is clerks one and two so it was really fun to see how they did that how certain scenes came back how certain actors came back um and how they did all that stuff it was almost like uh, it was almost like they say it in the movie, man, that's meta. But like for me, it was almost like time travel in the in the realm of meta, because like we live the first Clerks movie, like we watched it and then we hear the story of Kevin, like, well, this is how I did it and blah, blah, blah. So then now we're watching it and they're actually doing exactly what it was like. You know, they filmed there overnight. They would go sleepless for like days on end because they would film. So to me it was less of like like inception and it was more like a time travel thing for me because it's like whoa we started with clerks in 1994 but now we're starting with clerks again in 2022 because we're watching the making of the movie which is technically starting the film franchise now almost 30 years later so it was it was was such a cool concept and again you can see kevin smith all over it i know probably as of late i've been a lot more of like a view askew as a whole fan because i've just fallen in love with telling steve dave so much and they were that was prominent in the movie i mean this isn't spoilers or anything walter flanagan and brian johnson make an appearance in, in the hockey scene on the roof they make an appearance at the end of the movie um some characters come back to revive characters that they were in the original clerks like these they were all over the place even that are further reaching that don't seem like they're view askew people they especially the casting scene where all yes. of the different people in the casting scene, you're like, well, that's not really. And then you really think about it. It's like, no, that's definitely on Kevin Smith's tree. Like that's on his branches. Like you would never think, or you would never know that that's, you know, that that's a part of it, but that absolutely is. That casting scene was definitely one of the highlights of the movie. <laughs> one of, one of the parts that got the most laughs. It's basically a casting call. So it's, ex-celebrity or ex-actor in a kevin smith movie or ex-kevin smith friend either being randall or dante and reading those lines and seeing their interpretations of how they do it that was really fun my other favorite part of the movie was when they get when they they need to go and film the donkey scene from clerks 2 and they got to find their way to get back into into the movie's restaurant and and Jay and Silent Bob, they come and they uh, convince the workers of movies late at night to come and shoot in a Jay and Silent Bob fashion. And it was it was a lot of fun, that scene. Definitely a great follow up to uh, Goodbye Horses. Yes. <laughs> yeah, again, and, and it had. And again, we don't want to say that it was all seriousness because obviously with Jay and Silent Bob, like you, it's not all seriousness. And Randall is being Randall and, and Elias returns again to be Elias taking on a, a lie. Elias and his buddy almost take on a, a, a riff of Jay and Silent Bob. That's what they're supposed to look like. 
but it's a fun it's a fun character tweak i mean even to the point where well and we talk we see again you see randall in the trailer having the heart attack there's a scene with elias and mr dante in the waiting room where he gives up jesus and in the waiting room screams about letting satan take his butthole in order to save uh randall from his heart attack like there is still very much that that crude uh kevin smith humor that's throughout the movie which again made it it made it enjoyable and again back to 37 you know that that kind of that comedy is definitely alive and well in this movie so don't don't fear that that is not existent elias and clark's too was definitely the butt of every joke like it was just it was like that's how that character was set up to be i loved the direction that they took that character in this movie and i thought that he was a scene stealer every time he he came on not just with the the dialogue that was given to him but every scene he is dressed differently and every (laughs) scene it gets more and more and more ridiculous (laughs) and the fact that him and uh him and the uh i don't even know what the guy's name was but they like match every time too like their outfits are like they they work together every time and uh kevin smith fashion casting people that he knows that's his daughter's boyfriend who plays like the young the the mini silent bob type to to elias's jay and again the guys from clerks the guys from there are dogma appearances there are chasing amy appearances there are clerks appearances there his wife is back again his daughter is back again jay is in the movie like it's it it is an homage to everything that he's done before it is kevin smith is by no means done because in my opinion kevin smith is finally hitting a peak of popularity that he's never really had before i think he's finally being more in the spotlight more in the eye of the public now than he ever was even for us who loved his stuff before i think more people are finding out about him so kevin smith himself and the viewisk universe are far from over but he definitely came back to bring everything together like i said for almost a swan song and if not a swan song for clerks or kevin smith definitely a swan song for dante and randall who who are main heroes of this movie arc so now that clerks 3 is done and gone where do you think one of these projects has been announced where where do you think kevin smith should go next as far as movies go should he revisit some of those classics that he did whether they're uh, cult classics at this point or one of his more beloved movies uh if you were kevin smith where would you go next so he i think he's done it well both ways i mean there's been times where he's made movies that have absolutely flopped but he's made the movies because he was passionate about it i mean look at yoga hosers yoga hosers he teamed up with johnny Depp. they casted both of their daughters to be the main characters in this ridiculous movie about um half brat half nazi clones like it was a wild canadian quote-unquote movie that was a lot of fun but it was not a good movie but he loves that movie because he finally got to make like a passion piece like one that he goes like well make it or break it i'm making this movie so there's always those options you know him going out there but at the same time too being able to be a successful filmmaker there are some storylines i think you can revisit i think there are some that are hard um, especially like in the climate today I mean I don't think you touch dogma like that movie is hard to do I mean it was hard to do when he did it plus where does that story go 
Jay and Silent Bob at this point, I mean, you can keep to, I think you keep toting those guys out as cameos, but I think we can put that to rest. I don't think we need another reboot, strike back, whatever you want to call it. I, I think we can put that to rest. Clerks, I do believe, should be done. I think that's where they're at. Some things I think they can do a great job of, of revisiting because I don't think they've utilized this great actor enough and an actor that I don't think gets enough credit for what he's done, Jason Lee. I know that before Clerks 3, the pitch for him was to get Mallrats back, to either do a Mallrats 2 or to do a TV series uh, on a streaming service for Mallrats. And I know there was a handful of different um, services and different companies that were considering it, even prior to the reboot for Jan on the Bob that came out. So that's on the table. Obviously, we just heard a few, like a week or two ago, that Tusk, Two is coming out, which is in 2024, which is very, very interesting because, again, a movie that would be considered a cult classic. I mean, I don't know of any of Kevin Smith's movies that aren't just cult classics. They don't consider them masterpieces, but a fucking weird movie, man. Like, Tusk is weird. I mean, it, it stars the, the, the late, great Michael Parks, uh, Justin Long, a phenomenal actor, uh, Haley Joel Osment, Who's in that movie? I mean, uh, from obscure, I mean, obscurity of obscurity. Uh, but it's an interesting concept for those of you who don't know the movie. There's two friends who do a podcast called the Not See Party. Sounds like Nazi because it's funny, but the other one's agoraphobic. So one of the friends stays home and does the podcast, and the other one goes out and uh, adventures out uh, to do these interviews and these different things. And he gets called for this interview and things go awry, to say the least. I think that's still streaming on Netflix, if I'm not mistaken. If you're in for a very weird, very wild horror film, that, that one could definitely be up your alley. It's uh, Kevin Smith and also a scary movie, and definitely with that odd twist that Kevin likes to put in there. So I don't know of many ones that he can return to now. I think Rats could be a great TV series. I think Tusk 2 could be a lot of fun, but I think at this point, while it may be really difficult, I think if Kevin wants to continue to grow the brand or grow and continue to make movies, I think he either needs to saddle up as a director for projects that he is not creating on his own, like he has done where he's directed episodes of the Supergirl and the Flash and been a part of some Star Wars stuff, or he needs to come up with a new just a new concept. And that's a scary one to do because when your fan base is like, Hey, this is the pumpkin patch. We like to, to, to pick from, this is where we like to go to ask somebody to say, Hey, pumpkins are great, but uh, I have a strawberry field next door. If you want to go try that out, people are apprehensive. I think for the most part, we're tried and true fans. We would return to that, but I think it's hard. Um, but knowing what Kevin was able to create with clerks, just with clerks, what has come from that it'd be crazy to see a whole nother generational birth of what could be the next clerks. Like what's the next 30 years for Kevin Smith? Like this was 27 to, to whatever, almost 60, what's 60 to 90 for Kevin Smith? Like what, what could it be? Kind of said it better myself in the fat man beyond podcast that Kevin Smith does with Mark Bernard and he broke into a little bit more of the plans with Tusk 2, uh, titled Tusks. If you have a chance to go and check that interview out, it's that pitch sounds wild, and it sounds like the whole crew that's still around, I mean, 
you mentioned the one actor in the first Tusk movie that passed away, but it sounds like everybody else is on board and is like, let's do this. So 2024 Tusks coming to another theater and uh, road tour. But for now, we do have the, the great Clerks 3. If you have the opportunity to go and see this yet in theaters, we both highly recommend that you do. Um, if not, I'm sure it'll be streaming probably on Amazon or something uh, in the near future. We'll keep you guys updated on this podcast as that happens. Usually this is the point of the show where we do best stuff, but I feel like we've done best stuff this episode. This whole episode's been best stuff. Check out Kevin Smith and his projects, especially Clerks 3. Check out Yellow Card and Ocean Avenue and all that. A lot of good stuff happened this week. A lot of fun stuff. We have been your Midwestern nerds. That's M-I-D-W-E-S-T-E-R-N-E-R-D-S. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Midwestern nerds. We are the Midwestern nerds podcast on Facebook. If you'd like to send us an email, you can send that to Midwestern nerds at gmail.com. Please remember that you can find our show wherever you find a podcast. Remember to please rate and review, share and subscribe. Be kind, please rewind all that stuff helps this channel to continue to grow and improve and be the Midwestern nerds show that you want to listen to. Fear Midwestern nerds this week. I've been Brian Stoffel and joined graciously by fellow co-founder of the Midwestern nerds podcast himself. Chad Coffin. And whether it's beer brats, comics or snoogans, keep, keep it nerdy. nerdy.